When we were in seminary, uh, one of the guy's least favorite classes was uh, called Pastoral Care and Counseling, where you basically had to practice and be taught how to listen to people. Um, and it wasn't what we were used to with like theology and philosophy and even liturgical stuff. Um, it was really about feelings. And it was a bunch of dudes. And we didn't really like talking about it. It's like, how do we spend 12 weeks talking about how to listen to people talk about their feelings? But it really is something that doesn't come that naturally. Um, at least we will often fall into things or pitfalls uh, that are not very helpful when people are processing through something that's going on in their heart. When there's a difference between like a pastoral conversation and simply just talking, um, you know, discussing theology or Bible study or just talking about the weather. It's different than when somebody's really like disclosing some of the contents of their heart in a way that's very vulnerable and sacred. And how we respond is very important. And one of the rules of thumb that we learned uh, and had to constantly get drilled into our mind is that you don't tell people how they should feel. You're not telling them how to feel, but listening to them. Uh, because feelings are kind of just a fact. They're a spontaneous response to some phenomenon in their life. Something makes you angry, something makes you sad, something makes you joyful. Um, and your feeling is just this, the heart's response. Sometimes it's superficial, sometimes it's very profound. But um, our temptation sometimes is to moralize those feelings. I shouldn't feel that way. You know, something bad is happening and yet we feel joy. We're like, ah, I'm, I'm a bad person because I feel like... Or, you know, everything is great, but you have this heaviness and this sadness. And like, why can't I just snap out of it? I'm such a sad sack. You know, like not actually confronting the truth of our feelings is often a problem. And it, it makes them kind of own us in a way. And so just sharing them and, and having someone legitimize them, actively listen to you. You feel this way because of that. And it just can kind of get us out of ourselves. Um, but also, there is a line at which our feelings become something we can control. They're, you know, they're, as a response, they're kind of out of our control. It's just a, the heart responding. But then, sometimes you feel your heart responding in a feeling way, and you say, I have a choice to make right now. Like, let's say somebody makes you really angry on the road. You can nurse that anger. You can admit it into your heart and just sort of like fantasize about uh, who this person is and what a horrible person they are and what you would say to them if you had them right in front of you. And, uh, and you become more and more angry. Right? Or say you're attracted to someone, and it's not helpful according to your state in life to fantasize about being close to that person or developing a relationship with that person. You can foster this, this feeling that's not helpful. Um, and at that point, it can become sinful, and you, you do need to make some kind of choice. And so while feelings are this mysterious thing that are out of our control, there is a place at which our will, our freedom, interfaces with our hearts, deep affections or deep feelings. And so I think it's not, um, obviously, the church tells us the third Sunday of Advent to rejoice, Gaudete Sunday. Um, and we have these readings of like St. Paul to the Philippians um, saying, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Have no anxiety at all. He's telling us how to feel. You know, that's the cardinal rule of pastoral care and counseling. Do not tell people how they should feel. And yet the church through the uh, readings and, and the litur liturgical prayers, is saying, no, it's just and right to rejoice. That's the truth of the matter. You know? And while if you come to this Mass uh, or to this season in a place where you don't feel a lot of joy or you do have anxiety, that's not to say, stop feeling that way uh, or those feelings are illegitimate. It's simply 
somehow they're not lining up to the truth of the matter. And what is the truth? Is that the revelation in Jesus Christ is that um, we have everything we need. The Lord has given us everything we need. We don't always get what we want from him or what we think we want from him, which is why he gives us the Lord's prayer, thy will be done, not my will be done. Um, But our hearts cloud us to that truth. And so we feel anxiety. We feel this sadness, even in the midst of this radical self-gift of the Lord because of things that justly in our lives make us sad or make us anxious or make us afraid, um, uncertain futures. Um, our hearts keep us from trusting the truth of this. Um, I don't know if you know the story of Louis Pasteur. He was a French uh, biologist and he you know, discovered pasteurization or invent, invented pasteurization. He made huge strides in microbiology, understanding the, the role of germs in disease. And um, he shook up the whole scientific uh, kind of establishment. And a lot of people, it took a lot of people a lot of convincing to say, like, oh, it's, it's these tiny little invisible things that live in the milk that's killing all these people. <laughs> you know, it's like nobody could imagine it, and yet he'd proven it over and over and over again with these experiments. Um, and the last people to come around were the academy, the actual scientists, the people who should have been, had the clearest ability to see the truth of what he was showing. Um, but they had the greatest stake. If this is true... Um, I'm, it's going to cost me a lot of money. It's going to you know, cost me a lot of fame and importance in, in the academy. Uh, and my pride, I'm going to have to swallow my pride because I've, been, I've devoted my life to a, a way of understanding the world that's completely wrong or missing a huge aspect of how to really see the truth. Um, and so their hearts were fixated on the wrong things. They were not grasping and seeking uh, in a loving way the objective truth of the matter. They weren't real scientists in that sense. They were politicians or mercenaries or whatever, they were about something other than scientific truth because their hearts were distracted and, and attached to the wrong things. And I wonder if that's a way to understand John the Baptist as he's preparing the way for the truth of Jesus, of what's revealed to us in Christ. People are asking him, he's going out into the desert saying, repent. They're like, what should we do? Basic stuff. If you're a soldier, stop bullying people. Stop stealing. If you're a tax collector, stop extorting people. Stop being greedy. Right? If, if your hearts um, are clouded, are attached, are, are um, hard, you will not be open to, to see the truth. And that is, I think, the sad fact is that so many um, in the world, not just today, but especially maybe today, make a judgment about Christ without having um, really the ability to see clearly what Christ is about. Um, if our hearts are lazy or ungrateful or greedy or lustful, or distracted, which God knows we, our hearts are, how can we see what's offered to us in Christ? Um, we will not want it to be true, or we'll be so hard to convince that it is true, who he is uh, and what he offers us. There's this um, scene in The Painted Veil. It's a novel uh, set in the Far East during a cholera pandemic or a- epidemic. And... Um, there is a, it's a, about a doctor and his wife, but he, he meets this uh, nun who's an elderly nun, and she quotes this uh, passage from Philippians, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. She explains how she understands that. Um, she's an old woman now. She's been a nun for a really long time. Uh, she says the way she relates to God is like an old couple, you know, that doesn't really talk that much, but has known each other for 60 years or whatever. 
and they, they just sit there in their chairs reading their books or drinking their tea and they don't even have to communicate they just kind of look at each other dinner time you know like one of those kind of uh things they just know each other that well that's how she feels she relates to god um and that's what the peace that passes all understanding is is this deep knowledge of god um and that's where prayer comes in. That's where the Eucharist comes in. And this takes patience with our hearts to really, you know, it's, don't tell yourself, I shouldn't be anxious. I shouldn't be afraid. I shouldn't struggle with seeing the truth of, of who Christ is for me. Um, it's understandable. Our hearts need to be um, healed. They need to be softened. They need to be pierced by the word of God, um, and by prayer, by the sacraments, so that they can receive and see this wonderful truth.